Anyway, why aren't we ants? That's a great question. I've always wondered that. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking the other day, right? What What if we all had big ant bums? Mm. I mean, I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with a world where we all had big, big ant bums. If we all had big ant bums, right, and could carry leaves bigger than us. I'd be made up with that. I'd be happy with that. I wouldn't need anything else. I would love to have a central authority <laughs> that's pheromone-based and <laughs> never allows me to have any decision-making of my own. I can deal with the lottery system under those circumstances. Maybe I'm not one of the drones that gets to fuck the queen until I'm dead. You know what? That's the way it goes. But I didn't get a choice in the matter. It sounds like a worthwhile trade if you get guaranteed housing out of it. That's something. Mm-hmm, that's more mm-hmm. than it's more than we currently got. It's like joining the military. Yeah, you've you've got a built-in you know job system. Everyone's got got a job. Yeah, get told what to do forever. Yeah. If, if you die. Ah, well. Yeah, like, the biggest problem you'd have in life is the chances of a giant burning you with a big lens. Uproot your kids. Do they want to be stationed in Alabama? No. They're fucking going. Ants. This is about ants, everyone. <laughs> Someone drops a big sugar cube one day, it's the best thing you've ever seen. Right, now that is happiness. That is happiness. If if a sugar cube dropped on the floor and that that was all I needed to happen to have a good day, <laughs> I, w- I tell you what, I'd be made up with that. I'd be happy with that. I sound simpler when all you need is a very big sugar cube and like, oh, it's fucking brilliant, this. Big ant bum, carry a leaf, sugar cube on the floor, complete submission to the will of another. <laughs> I tell you what, if I had all that, I'd be made up with that. Yeah. Really happy with that. Science, when will you get on the ant tech? Science, get on the ant tip. You're wasting all of your time and resources, you know, coming up with inventive new types of vaccines to save us from global pandemics. <laughs> Where's the ant tech? When can you inject me and I turn into an ant? Yeah, Pfizer. Where's Pfizer ant? <laughs> Johnson and Johnson. Where's Johnson and Johnson the ant one? Johnson and Johnson. Exactly that. Okay, anyways, I, I love this. You've got all the way around and you had Antrozeneca right there. <laughs> I was trying to remember the other one. <laughs> oh, no. Well, ants. Unfortunately, the disappointing news, and I, I hate to tell this to you both, is that we are not ants, at least not yet. No, no, we are. I'm starting a cultural trend. It's called ants. I'm sorry to tell you we're not ants. Oh. We are human podcasters who host a podcast called Podquisition, where we oh, tell you no. whether your favourite video games no. are great or perfect. No. It's a crossover. Because I started talking about ants on Boston's favourite son, the other one I do, and then I panicked. <laughs> I, did, I had nothing for this. I had nothing for this. So I said, I'll just do ants again. You know, <laughs> It'll be a different, you know, group makeup, a different political makeup, because you know how hard right Jonathan is. I'll tell you what, I'll give you this. I had forgotten that you talked about ants on Boston's favorite son, and if it could happen to me, <laughs> then it could happen to anyone. That's true. It was most of that episode. <laughs> Because it was, I mean, it was less than an episode and more ant themed. The secret is don't don't admit it, because then at least one, if not two of the podcasts, you could have pulled the wolves over our eyes and we'd have been like, ah, oh, yeah. what a clever creative bit that came out of nowhere and isn't recycled. We're very proud of you. If I admitted every time I forgot things or came with nothing, 
that would be that would be content in and of itself. We could do a whole podcast on me listing the over the gross oversights of my life. How about we do that? It begins with transition. We we could it begins do. with thirty years of oh. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'd wake up every morning and go oh like that. And now I want to be an ant. We could make this the ant podcast where we talk about our lives as ants, or we could use the time to talk about video games, because we played some of them, oh. and some of them there was news about. But I just thought of transition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's an ending. There's your end, then. How's about this? If we right. have our main course, which is talking about video games, um, um, you um, can um, go um. and be an ant afterwards and do oh. a transition. Nah, I've, I've already had it for a starter course now. For pudding, it's beavers. Oh, oh I could be a beaver. Oh, yeah. Beaver, beaver kinder. That's us. We'll be the beaver kinder. German beaver children. Damn, that does sound sweet. Right? <laughs> I want to be a German beaver child. Conrad, what have you played this week? Uh, well, one thing I played <laughs> this week is a Portal 2 mod that popped up on Steam called Portal Reloaded. Oh. Which is very interesting. Is this the one I've seen mentioned with the third portal type? That's correct. There's a third portal type, the time travel portal. What? Yeah. Yeah. So the way this functions is there's a third portal. It's represented by a green rectangle, and it allows travel between the present of the testing chamber that you're in, and 20 years later after the testing chamber has been neglected for this specific purpose. And so... Objects that you manipulate in the past are reflected in their position in the future. And in the future, you can further manipulate those objects, even bringing, you know, cubes into the past again to have a second copy of that cube. But if the originating version in the past is interacted with in any way, that version of it ceases to exist in the future. And in the present, that object has changed its destiny. And so there's really interesting ways that this gets applied. I'm about at the midpoint now. You know, I've been given free reign over where to place time portals and, and then the blue and red. The momentum thing still functions between them. What I find really satisfying about this mod, you know, is that Portal 2 was a lot of fun, but it was really more physics focus. Yeah. There's a lot of physics stuff with the introduction of the gel and, and all of that. Yeah, the bouncing and the sprinting. Right, less of the sort of spatial orientation and, you know, yeah. uh, rethinking of your environment that you found in the original Portal. This really has that spirit. Uh, and It's just, the puzzles are fun. It has that same sense of puzzling it out and thinking about it and then realizing, oh, you know what? It was right in front of me the whole time. Nothing feels inaccessible or uh, moon logic-y. It's just right in front of you. It's a great mod. My main question about something like this is, is there a narrative to this or is this puzzle only? There's a bit of narrative. Of, I mean, but it's not... It's not significant. It feels like you are a, another testing subject being pulled out to do this. There's no ongoing plot, seemingly. Yeah. Um, and again, only at the midpoint. But I'm not expecting any sort of GLaDOS twist or anything of that 
kind. I, I think this is probably just going to play yeah. out like oh, no GLaDOS. clever puzzles. No, no GLaDOS, no. no memes. I don't play games without those two things. There is a, a different AI voice that gives instruction and information, but it doesn't have, you know, the same sort of interactive flavor. Uh, it's It's pretty bog standard stuff and it's fine there's still some jokes it's still got some of that humor but it's 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 more about here is a new type of puzzle to do within the existing rule set yep yep it's pretty good and it's free yeah i've seen i've seen a few people talking about it and everyone i've seen talking about it has had very positive experiences so i i should probably check that out because I, I like a good portal i think you'd like it a lot yeah yeah uh, Jim, what have you been playing this week? I'll tell you what, right? I'll tell you what I've been right, playing. Right, I'll yeah. tell you what I've been playing. Yeah. But first of all, I'll tell you what I've been planning. <gasps> Would it happen to be something happening this weekend? Uh, hang on. Craig, something happening this weekend. Huh? No, I was going to bring up Ants again, but Laura mentioned so Yeah. Oh, Laura, it's a good idea. Yeah, I just came up with something, Laurent. Ooh. I mean, that's Shut pretty... Up, Craig! That's pretty good. Hell yeah. Um, oh yeah, something's coming up this weekend. Yeah, I wasn't just going to talk about ants again. <laughs> um, I'm planning... I'm, I'm getting my, my body and my mind, both of which are sound, in shape for a Sterling Rules match. It's a match of my own design. Um, it's going to take place live from Pittsburgh. Uh, that's April 24th. That's this Saturday. Oh, my goodness. Can you even believe it? That's so soon. Fuck my ass. 2.30 p.m. Eastern. It was 3 p.m. Eastern. Then I posted the Jimquisition with what was then <laughs> the right information. Don't I look at it. It was changed, like, immediately after I posted. It's okay, because if you want in future people to have the, the updated information on stuff like this, turn the, the closed captions on, because there's, there's updates in there. That's it. Laura's closed captions has it on. Originally, they said Steph's a right fuck-up and didn't even have the date. That's what Laura does. <laughs> she laces insults into the subtitles, <laughs> yeah. which throws them out of tune. So I've got to go in and do it, which I do, because I am... Um, I'm taking all the credit for good work Laura does. <laughs> Laura does great on the subtitles and does have the relevant information. 2.30pm, April 24th. That'll be at Twitch TV Go Professional Wrestling. Twitch TV Go Professional Wrestling. Uh, I will be there in two roles. I will have... Mm, imagine if I was there in two roles. Oh, just giant, giant... Baps. <laughs> Bit of cheese. Well, don't they already have the, the hot dog guy? I don't know. Oh, you got to bring your own beer and everything. It's the age of coronavirus. Oh, oh you mean the Bundertaker. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm the not sure if the Bundertaker's there this this time. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if the card... It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I've been told... I, I, if I make it quick, I can go out and have a bit of a play. Uh, I'm allowed to, to play outside if I make it quick. And it won't take long, I don't think, this match. Because, well, not to brag, but I'm a bit of an expert in Sterling rules. So I think I've got a bit of an advantage. Uh, even though the, the rules themselves are 100% fair and equal. And Kimberly trusts me on that because we're good friends. I mean, Kimberly's been teaching me uh, some moves and that. So I really look forward to having a, well, a class wrestling match. The, the way she said it, I've said it, many people um, in, in sort of the Northeastern indie sphere up here says it. Wrestling is for everybody, and I'm going to prove that. That's what a Sterling Rules is. 
that's what that type of match is. It's to prove that wrestling is for everybody. And even I can fight. Pro wrestling is, is a beautiful, great, great sport. So, yeah, two, two jobs I've got. It's my Sterling Rules match, which is your first half. Second half, well, I've got to look after my strong gold son. Yeah. My title belt's on the line. I, I mean, the company's title belt is on the line. Um, I very graciously, um, for the good of, of wrestling, allowed it to be contested. We'll have David Lawless, the gavel, represent, and my lawyer, actually, representing the Regency, the ruling class. It's me and stuff. Uh, against Ziggy Hyam or the other one. Not to be rude, the card changed last night. I don't know if you could tell. Wrestling's unpredictable and things change all the time. It was Erica Lee and I spent so long remembering that so I wouldn't say her Twitter handle because I see Erica wrestles more than I see Erica Lee. Uh, I could have started with the... I could have said Erica wrestles and then if I realised my mistake then say Ziggy Hyam for the title, you see. Anyway, I'm just... I'm, I'm speaking out my internal monologue. It's going to be good. I played, I don't know, Disco Elysium. Yeah. Hey, I know Disco Elysium. It's all right, isn't it? It continues to be Disco Elysium. It continues to be a really good game. You know, I played it in, what was it, 2019 now? Gosh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, one of the best games I've ever played. Certainly the best game of that year, in my opinion. Um, this time around, you know, I've been trying it on console this time, see how that is. Uh, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit wobbly. Sometimes it's not great as a port. Uh, the controls are not fantastic. It's a game that clearly wants to be played on PC. It wants to be with a mousy keyboard, yeah. 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 Still, it's fun. I've been trying some different things, you know. I've been trying to... Getting a few different things in the, the, the thought cabinet. That was it, the thought cabinet. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm going to keep playing it, you know. It's all right. I'm currently having fun going back through it, only accepting uh, dice roll opportunities if they are under 20% chance of uh, oh. succeeding. I know, I, d I don't believe this run's going to last very long, but I am, I'm like, no, I will not take the easy way out. Bad times all around. My character had two out of text in a row. I fucking lifted weights. Which in real life, I can. Well, they're getting harder as as the months go by. I'm not outpacing the estrogen. Um, is the problem? It's it's chasing <laughs> yeah, me. That is that is a losing battle in many yeah. regards. I mean, I'll 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 catch up, but it's catching up. But anyway, in the game, lifted weights, art attack, reload. High, I've got high physical instrument, <laughs> but you know. Kick the door upstairs, heart attack again. And then I said, fuck you. And then I, I didn't, I haven't played it again since yesterday. I started replaying it and I forgot about one of my favourite very, very, very early interactions. We're talking like you've not even left the hotel for the first time yet. It's when you're talking to the owner downstairs and he asks you to pay up. Oh, yeah. And you've got that dice roll to try and uh get away without paying and it's it's the leaping backwards double middle fingers With the off, yeah uh, that was yeah. the moment i decided that game was was truly great i was the moment i saw that i was like oh jesus this is something it's such an incredibly well paced moment in terms of giving you just long enough to think that you succeeded at the dice roll before it pulls the curtain back it's beautiful timing 
Oh, that game's mm, that game's so good. It really is good. Still not entirely sold on on the the increase in voice acting. I have been really digging it. Yeah, it's some of the 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 inflection is way off with some of it. Like like there was no real voice direction at times. Um, like they were just told to get on with it, which I voice acted for games of a similar scale and just gotten on with it. <laughs> that happens. Um, but there are moments where it's like even the dialogue on the page is written. The written text is emphasizing words that the voice dialogue is not emphasizing. Instead, it's emphasizing different things that will sometimes give sentences entirely different tones from what's written. And that throws me off. Plus the voice acting and no audio description of activity. So you're, you've got to try and read along with the words all the time. It does feel like there should be one additional voice, which is the generic narrator voice. Yeah, the descriptive text. Um, you know, when we had to read out school plays at school, they'd give out like people in the class characters. Someone was reading the stage descriptors because we were just reading it out. If you're just reading it out, you need them stage descriptors. So they ain't got those. And, and and it's because some bits still aren't voiced. Not just that bit, but it just, I, oh, I get thrown off. But other than that, I like it. And I like some of the voices. I just feel like some more accurate direction would have helped them. The, one of the big offenders is, is Everard, the, the union leader. Yeah. Great voice. The voice is great. The performance is really good. I don't feel like there's direction there because the tone and the inflection sometimes is so far away from what's even just written down in plain text. Mm, I, I can see that. Or maybe there was perfect direction and it is how it's intended, but there is a, a dissonance between the two. Yeah. Stuff I have played this week. Uh, I've been I've mainly been playing a bunch of little indie games, trying to get a feel for various things. They're good then. <laughs> Yeah, indie games are pretty good. Yeah, I've seen some. I've been playing one this week that I am very, very, very into. It's called Later Alligator. I mean, the name's already there. I know, I know. I'd, I'd wanted to play it a while ago. For some reason, it got delayed by a couple of months coming to Europe. You're going to be all over this. Yeah. So this is a game in which you you are in Alligator, New York City. Is that New York full of alligators? Yes, it is. Oh, God. All exaggerated cartoon alligators. Okay. I mean, that's still really good, but also, can we just have a game that is New York full of real alligators? They're flooding the streets. I'll say this. I think it's worth them being anthropomorphic for where we're going okay. with it. So you you are some kind of private detective, and you you stumble upon this alligator who's basically, he's part of a mob family, and he's pretty convinced that he's accidentally said something he shouldn't, and that they're going to... They're gonna whack him. Uh -oh. He's gonna. He's gonna be. He's gonna be. You know, concrete shoes in the river. It very quickly becomes apparent that's clearly not what's going on. He's worked up over nothing, but he's basically panicked that he's gonna get killed. He's like, "Can you go around Alligator, New York, meet all of my various wacky family members, and try to find out what the fuck this event that's happening tonight is that is about me?" So. The first thing to know about this game, music is fantastic, um, and they do a really good job with the writing and the visual presentation of all of these characters. They are all very, very exaggerated in their emotions. Very chaotic in a way that is very fun to try and voice along on stream. It was a lot of fun to come up with personalities for characters while playing. But the basic structure is... 
you go out into this sort of point-and-click adventure-esque world, and you will meet a bunch of characters that might be his cousin, the alligator, who's playing three-card Monty on the side of the road, and if you're about to win, he'll set the card on fire and shove it in his mouth because he doesn't want you to win. You might meet uh, a little child who's trying to pull off a heist in a crane claw machine. There's a man I met at one point who his phone was haunted by ghosts, and I had to work out how to get ghosts out of his photos on his phone. And it's all sort of just little, very well-written interactions with characters that usually lead to a silly minigame that is very unfitting with their character, you gain a little more insight into what's going on, and you continue onwards. It is delightful. I think that the chaotic energy of it, Jim, would be very much your style. I think you would get on with it. Okay. When it comes to the way characters are written and the the ways certain traits are exaggerated, feels very much like the way that you play characters. And I think you will have fun with the character types. Uh-huh. I'm looking up. Yeah. It's it's not a super lengthy game. From what I've been told, it's about five hours long. Um, I have been consistently, like, very, very amused playing through it. Yeah. It, it, it is very, very full of charm and silliness. Oh, hello there, confirmation of a Switch version! Yes, that's what I was waiting for, is it, it came to the Switch <laughs> in Europe finally, like, a couple of days ago. Like, yeah. So there is... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, it's it's a very charming little game. It's very over-the-top and exaggerated. I th- yeah. I think you'll have, you'd have fun with it. Is this on Switch now? Yeah, it's on Switch now. In US as well. Yep, yep. It came to the US first. It was delayed getting to Europe. Magic. Well, I don't think you've steered me wrong on a recce before. So, yeah, I'm going to get that when we're done. Fingers crossed you get on with it, but I I have a gut feeling you're going to enjoy this. I need something for the train journey. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God, I didn't mute in time. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't mute in time. (laughs) Oh, Justin, don't cut that out. It'll humanise me. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the thing I've been playing. I'm I'm I was gonna do it as just a little one-off on stream, and I had so much fun with it. I was like, I'm coming back and doing another couple of streams of it because I'm having a great time. That's great. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Conrad, what about you? What have you been playing? Well, the only other thing I've done this week is uh, muck about with PS3 emulation, actually. Which Ooh, I, I'm genuinely genuinely interested in in this adventure. I was kind of surprised uh, by mm-hmm. how far. Log. It wasn't. I probably shouldn't have been because you know I've been emulating PS2 stuff really, really well for five or six years now. So you know, it's. I guess I, I shouldn't have. Could I emulate PS2 stuff really well for five or six years? You sure could. Oh, I'm not going to do it, listeners. Definitely not. That'd be a naughty, definitely crime. Yeah. No, there's, there's, no, it's not. It's not. Look, I, I can legally make backups of software that I have. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You are correct. Actually, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If I play Shadow of Memories, right? I bought that from a bargain bin, right? In 2002. Mm-hmm. I should be allowed to make a backup of what I bought, because especially because I don't have it now, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So I'm going to play Shadow of Memories tonight. But yeah, so I had wanted... I, I, I don't want to say I wanted to play Dante's Inferno. Nobody wants to play Dante's Inferno. It just happens. But I wanted to subject people to Dante's <laughs> Inferno. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you, I, I missed your last stream because I, mm-hmm, I fell mm-hmm. asleep. I was out most of forever. It, 
Did you stream it? Have I missed this? Yeah, uh, so I I had Linda stream Dante's Inferno. Oh, God, why did I miss? Mm. I mean, you can always go check out the VODs I might on twitch.tv slash Zimmerman. You sure can. That's going to be great. I watched Lucky Bun play it once, and I was like, oh... Oh, if you're shocked now. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't, yeah, we did not make it to the uh, grand finale, as it were. (laughs) It is grand. It is very grand. (laughs) Down to Um, the knees, if I recall. I'd forgotten forgotten that there is a behind-the-scenes featurette on the game (laughs) that actually discusses the technology that had been developed, oh, you know, God. and utilized to make that dog swing ever so, so pendulously. I just looked up for confirmation. Yes, it does reach the knees. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, <sighs> one look at the devil's advocate and you know you're in for a good Friday night. <laughs> the so, size of it. And we only see it floppy. No. Yeah. Yeah. But so I had... Uh, I was like, you know, I don't want to drag my PS3 out. I thought you said I was, you were going to say I don't want to drag my penis. And I was like, are you the devil? Is this a reveal? Is that what the moustache is about? I know they had goatees, but you used to have one. They did. Yeah, and then people started asking questions, didn't they? I just didn't want to set up the PS3 for streaming. And I was like, did, yeah. did EA ever release a PC port of this? And... No, seemingly yeah. not. But I found an article. It was like, "Hey, you can emulate Dante's Inferno on PS3 really easily." Now I was like, "What?" Yeah, EA left you no choice. Yeah. None. I had no alternative. Had you been able to easily give some money in order to to purchase it, you would have done. But it's a service problem. It's a service problem. It's everyone. a service problem. PS2 emulator. Did you get PCSX2 or not? Well, it was. It was. It's PS3. It's PS3 emulation now. Oh yeah, for... I want PS2, which will be even easier. Well, PS, it is. Uh, I believe. I believe it is PCSX2 uh, is the best. Yeah, I'd be banned from the Game Informer podcast for saying this on there. <laughs> yeah, you would. We'd all be. We'd all be. That'd be the end of us. I'd be fired from games journalism. Mm-hmm. Forever. Hell That'd yeah. In- instead of being manipulated out. <laughs> <laughs> so, very easy to install. I don't have the beefiest rig, but I have a pretty solid one. No, it's that's in- the devil. He's got the beefiest hey. rig. Hey. <laughs> Uh, but it ran pretty flawlessly, actually. Oh. I was quite impressed. Would you recommend it? Now, I can't recommend that people <laughs> engage in... Well, no, don't pirate it, but hey, you know, if you have the, the a legal copy of the software, you have the means to make a copy of it and run it on emulation. Or if you just want to play it. I'll say this. We recently got the news that uh, PS3s are slowly dying due to internal uh, Mm, clocks, and mm -hmm, eventually mm -hmm. they may just not function at all. Archival. Yeah, so for archival, you might want to start backing up your software library regardless. Plus the the PS Vita and PS3 stores are going back up, like they're not going down, so it is now immoral. Uh, Unlike what my video said the other week, it is now immoral to pirate. (laughs) Um, no, it's not. It's still reclamation. If it's from a corporation, all theft is reclamation. I'm pretty impressed by how much is playable. Yeah. 
on the PS3 emulator now. Um, now, less impressive is as I scrolled through the list of all the shit that's compatible, it reminded me how kind of not compelling the PS3 library is. Oh, look, that, that whole generation, 360 as well. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. 360 had more, like, games, but it was an embarrassing generation. Yeah. If you go back and look at most of it, so many grey-brown cover shooters, like, it wasn't a joke. Like, they were so drab and dull. And the where the, the idea of emotion and maturity at the time, and it's still not great, but it's a bit better, and the sheer lack of, well dignity yeah <laughs> that those games had so many of them from the sexualization to the sheer lack of imagination at least with the games that rip each other off now as i've said before they're colorful hero shooters you get some art direction mm-hmm. back then when everything was gritty what an Im- i think it was what the eighth generation is it uh yeah i think so yeah yeah what one of them yeah. <laughs> it was one of the generations my god that one in particular makes me cringe it really does now the library has you know some clear gaps in compatibility still like the uncharted series is not fully playable at this point a bunch of major stuff isn't out but there's still a fair bit of big releases and at the very least I can play Deception 4 on it, <laughs> which I love dearly. I have bought multiple times on multiple platforms because I love the entire Deception series. And it plays really well emulated, so that's cool. Also, can confirm, 50 Cent, Blood on the Sand, playable. Yes! Still 50 Cent, Blood on the Sand. They yeah. stole his skull. They took right, his skull. They took his fucking skull. And then he murders his way across the desert. <laughs> Fucking great. It's 50 Cent Blood on the Set. Oh, God, I might play that. Yeah, yeah, you really should. You really yeah, should. Yeah, I need to give that a... Oh, God, what, what a great generation that was, really, <laughs> when you think about it. 50 Cent Blood on the Set. They, st- they should have called it They Stole His Skull. <laughs> 50 Cent in. They Stole His Skull. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> God, I'm in a good mood now, thinking about that game. Right, right. Laura, you play anything? Yeah, I played a demo for a little indie game called Princess Farmer. Ooh. Oh, that sounds tasteless. <laughs> <laughs> so the basic idea of this is it is an, a mechanically interesting match three game slash visual novel. I'll talk about how the the match three stuff works, because that is the bulk of the game. So you're doing match three gameplay with a bunch of vegetables that are underneath the ground. And the way that you move things around the space is that you are pulling vegetables up out the ground, basically moving columns upwards and putting into an inventory the things you take out the ground. And then you can push them down into other columns in the order you most recently picked them up. So it is a match three that is entirely based on lifting things out of columns and inserting them down into other ones. Okay. There are some interesting spins as you go through it in terms of things like there will sometimes be moving bonus areas within the grid. So if you can make your match three happen in a specific place you get more points for it, and that might move around throughout the, the the match. There might be portions of it that are covered up by like, oh, there's some some thick rock there, you can't see that bit of underground. And you'll still sort of move the vegetables through those spaces, but they won't match if they're where you can't see them. Uh, so you've got to sort of mentally keep track of what is behind the area that is currently sort of blocked from view. 
Honestly, the thing that is most satisfying about it is that the game has really nailed the visual and audio feedback of I don't necessarily have to have actually done very well, but you're making me feel like I did very mm. well. I was trying to think of games to compare this to in terms of like slightly overwhelming, I feel like I'm doing amazing, even if I'm not quite sure what's happening all the time. Uh, Steph, do you remember Lapis X Labyrinth from a few years ago? I will never forget Lapis X Labyrinth. Yeah, you know how that game was, like, a little overwhelming at times, but at its core, it really did a good job of going, I feel very powerful all the time. Yeah, it didn't matter so long as you were showered in rich, luxurious jewels. Yeah, so... It's not quite up to that same level, but it's a very similar kind of response I get from this match three game. Yeah. I'm going to replay Lapis X Labyrinth. I, yeah, I, I've been thinking... Since I played this indie game, mm. I've been thinking about Lapis X Labyrinth again. But um, I want jewels. Yeah. I need jewels. So if you like the idea of like a, a, a mechanically slightly different spin on how to manipulate things in match three that feels very, very good when you match things, there is a demo for this on Steam. It is well worth a try. The visual novel stuff... That goes in between, you have a narrative about being some rabbit farmer that has magical powers and you're trying to fight off some... St it, it's, it's anime fluff nonsense. It's very gay. It's very, very LGBT. There is a lot of... Wait, I can have gay and jewels. Exactly. There's a lot oh. of femme-presenting characters blushing at each other. There is... That's me! I'm a femme-presenting character blushing at each other. Exactly! There is... There's non-binary characters. There's lots of female characters. There's lots of very gay characters. <sighs> all doing flirting in between I made some carrots line up and now things are whooshing all over the screen and I feel like I did good. Salt. Gay. Flirting. Carrots. Yeah. Now that I've said that, gay flirting carrots, also a good idea for a gay. <laughs> the game has some Twitch integration, which is a Ooh. big part of why I tried it on stream the other day. There are two ways that you can interact with chat, one of which I think is more interesting than the other. So when you're doing the match three puzzles, people in chat can basically put commands into your chat in order to control a second character helping with the match three puzzle. But there's stream delay, which... The chat isn't going to be helpful, <laughs> but it can be amusing as you're trying desperately to get like that last carrot you need that's got like a big glowing aura around it, so it's going to give you a big bonus. And chat accidentally picks it up, and you're like, "Well, nah. can't get that now because you're about fifteen seconds away from me." Guess we'll plan around it. Like the intention was for chat to be helpful. It ended up chat being a fun interactive uh, obstacle to my progression. Which, once I started thinking about it that way, I had fun. Hmm. Uh, and then in the visual novel segments, you can set up a little timer so that chat can vote on what dialogue options to say. And if your chat's anything like mine, the very gay, cute, blushing option got picked every single time by chat, which I very much stand behind. But yeah, it's a match three game that has gone to a lot of effort to feel... feel like it's making an effort, which... Match threes don't necessarily always need to do. I can respect that. Yeah. I don't want to alarm anyone. Yeah. But I'm looking at a, an x-ray of my ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the information. I thought that that alone is alarming. It's got erect written on it. It's got wrecked written on it? Erect. Oh. Oh, oh, I thought ooh. your doctor just wrote R-E-K-T on, on an <laughs> x-ray of your ass. They may as well have. Did they miss off the U-M? Because it's a butt x-ray? Oh, no. no. No, all of it says erect. 
It's because oh. I was stood up. Right. But, you know, an x-ray of my bum with a rect on it, it's mildly amusing. I mean, it would be. Oh, can zoom right in. Oh, there's my arse bone. Uh, God, that's actually a really good arse. Uh, have either of you played anything else this week? You see the outline of the meat. Sorry. What did you play, Conrad? Oh, no, no, no. That's all I've played. I'm oh, no, actually... you did. It was just the one. Yeah. yeah well, I played. Yeah, that's pretty much that it. The emulators. Yeah. 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 I played a bit. I can't say much about it because I've only played a bit. I played a bit of Narita Boy. Yeah. Everyone told me to play it. And? Um, what I've played is good. Fuck that jumping. Yes. It's good, but fuck that jumping. It's holy shit. Did you get far enough to begin combat? Yes. Yeah? Yes. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah, you could say many positive things, but they've gotta tilt upwards. Upwards, yeah. yeah. You always do yeah. have to raise the pitch of your voice for Just tilt your head like a dog as you say it as well. Just it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is there a question mark? Yeah. It's like there should be a caveat, but I can't think of one. I just know it's a bit not great. Um with I mean I could I could eventually come up with something, but everything's just a little awkward, I think. It deepens a bit. Yeah. You'll get a shoulder bash. Okay. I got as far as a dodge. Mm-hmm. The dodge is good. You get a shoulder bash next or shortly thereafter, and that there will be enemies that come with shields that have right. to be bashed before you can do them. Uh, oh, there's this really, like, horrifying crucified thing, like a digital representation of someone on a cross that's just like screaming or something it's really and it's a barrier enemy the first time you'll encounter it you'll have to fight it and it takes a ton of hits and then you'll get the shoulder bash and the next time you encounter it you just shoulder bash right through it shit like that Mm -hmm. you haven't gotten far enough in for the story to get real fucking depressing (laughs) oh i'm looking forward to that then it's no i'm liking the sort of it makes me think a lot of old LucasArts games, like Loom especially. Mm. And it's got, obviously, Another World would be a, a good mm-hmm. comparison. Although I hate Another World. I hate it so much. They've re-released it so much. It's like a Nintendo with Urban Champion. It's like, for fuck's sake, give it a rest. Why have I played that game more than, more than once, let alone the amount of times I've played it? I never like Another World. <laughs> never. <laughs> Narina Boy is promising. I want to play more. Obviously, the music and, and the visuals are great. Those those things are unimpeachable. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Kind of a retro feel to it, um, evident with the visuals. But the music also has this sort of synth-heavy... It's very vaporwave. ...in places. Very vaporwave, yeah. And that that's great. Uh, I, I really like the way the beat comes in when combat starts and just feels almost sort of... Rhythmy, that's all very good. Yeah, I just, if anything's going to stop me from continuing, it's going to be that jump. Because the jumping is horrid. It it gets better. You, yeah. well, you're, you get air dash with the shoulder. You oh, may yeah. Have with the dodge. Oh, yeah, I do have the shoulder. Bit. That does help, yeah. Because yeah. you need control. There's no control. Yeah. And you can overshoot so easy because it's just so flowny. Yep. But yeah, very promising. Still. Yeah. Any other things I played this week? Um, I played a bit of that, that Resident Evil 8 demo. Oh my god. 
I would have loved to. Yeah? What were they doing with those times? I didn't even know one was up until it was over. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who's unaware, they put a demo up for eight hours on a on a single day, uh, and if you didn't play it, then it's, you weren't allowed it's, to. Because it's... Cause it's... Okay. Yeah. I think they've done this before in the past as well. Yeah. These fucking time demos. It's like I've I got stuff to do. And like I had the time to do it and I'll I'll say this. Yes, Resident Evil. That sounded like I don't care. There was nothing about this that wasn't Resident Evil 7 in a Resident Evil 4 setting, which I'm excited about. That's yeah, probably that's gonna fine. be a very good video game. There's nothing in there that like was surprising and that I couldn't have gleaned from, oh, just kind of assume it's going to be Resident Evil 7 in the RE4 setting. Yeah. I mean, most people know that, like, needs that. But the standard at this point is so strong, right? Like, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. If it, like all they, If it's Resident Evil 7, but big steppy, yeah. then no matter what Kotaku says, <laughs> absolutely, people want Resident Evil 7 with big steppy. Because Jack in oh. 7... Probably got a few people gushing, but not enough. Oh, so it's it's come out this week that it seems like the big steppy lady, her role is basically going to be to be like Nemesis, to just constantly Hell be yeah. following you, and I think mm. people are going to dig that. I saw a great meme of a man running down a beach. The playful skipping and looking back. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, it's so good. Because that's exactly how I feel about that big step. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, I mean, look, if you like how Resident Evil 7 played, this plays like that. If you I like did. the idea of a sort of, like, a little village in the middle of nowhere with its own unique customs from RE4, it's that again. It was fun. I fought some werewolves in a cornfield. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? I love cornfields. I've never been in one. But they seem cool, plus, you know, scary scarecrows. I played one other game that, like, it's going to be a long time before I can form a coherent thought on this game. It's called The Longing, mm -hmm. and it's just come to Switch. And the idea is that you play this little character who has basically been tasked by his king to awaken him in 400 days once he's regained his power so that he can go do his big kingly deeds that are probably going to be overthrowing some kingdom or something but you need to protect his body until he's ready to rise again it is a game that takes place over real world real time 400 days hmm pardon yeah so when you start playing yeah it registers the day and time that you have started playing mm -hmm. and a 400 day counter starts okay. ticking down right you see here's, <laughs> here's the problem laura i followed you up to a point and yeah, then you said yeah, the game is 400 days long and I... Oh, so, forgive me for saying this, but pardon. Yeah, so I'm fascinated by this and I don't know whether it's going to be good or bad, but the entire point of the experience is that you are basically a peasant in a weird, expansive tomb, not really sure what there is to do down here, trying to find some way to pass the time until your king returns because that's okay. what's been asked of you. And as I've had it explained to me, you could boot up the game, not play it, come back to it on day 400 and see the king come back. Okay. You won't be a skeleton and dead. <laughs> Presumably not. It's not like a Tamagotchi with... No. It is a game apparently in which you are just taking leisurely exploring of a, of a winding big area trying to find what there is to find. And over time throughout the 400 days things will open up and things will change and 
stuff will happen. I started it today, so right now I honestly have no idea other than it has a very deliberate pacing, which I think makes sense narratively of this character's got like over a fucking year to bum around, they're not in any rush to get going. It very much sits in taking your time soaking in atmosphere and exploring a very lonely space. Imagine being the person at an indie games publication decide to review this. Yeah. Well, see, I I do wonder whether the person people reviewing this, like, how much time traveling with the system clock are you doing? I'm imagining them with a long white beard. Even though they can do other things. It's an idle game, they can do other things, but I and it makes me angry, even though it's not the game, and I'm furious at this game. Because in my mind, you have to play it for 400 days and can't do anything else ever. Like a saw trap. Yeah. In my mind, the indie reviewer is chained up (laughs) with a reverse bear trap on their head. And they've got to play 400 days of game. But they've only got 300 days before that bear trap goes off. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Like, this is one of those things where, like, I don't know right now how much of this I will play or whether I will even remember it by the time the 400 days is up, but... we got to be careful. It's ambitious and it's weird and interesting and I, I want to know. It's an interesting enough idea that I'll give it a go. How much is it? Because now I want to play the reverse bear trap game. It is $14.99. Nah, fuck that. Uh, $14.99. Fuck that. <laughs> Is that more than you're willing to spend to spend a year being a lonely servant? Uh, indie games are worth a buck, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm channeling a mainstream Twitch TV chatter. Okay, uh, the game came out on PC a little over a year ago. All of the reviews are very positive. That being said, it has not been 400 days since the game came out, so maybe the ending's <gasps> oh, real. Oh, game reviewers oh. are corrupt. They didn't finish the game. They didn't finish the game. <laughs> I mean, there's reviews on places like the Washington Post. Where did you find 400 days for oh, this? Oh, the Washington Post, is it? <laughs> Fucking corrupt. Yo, I bet, I bet they manipulated the system clock. I very much feel like that probably is the case, which I feel like would really ruin the point of this game, because this game is about just yeah. endlessly, quietly trying to plod through a very long year. I mean, for me, the challenge of this game would be to remember to come back Mm. and see the ending 400 days or however many days I remember. I can't even remember to do things that stop me dying. Like, my life is so dangerous. I forget to turn things off that could kill me. I can't remember to do 400 days of a game. It's one of those things where as long as I don't play too many other things on my Switch that it stays near the front of my Switch menu, I might see it and go, oh yeah, I'll check that out for two minutes before I play what I was going to play. I guess I could do the whole, you know, okay, Google, remind me in 400 days to play this video game. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, Google will say it'll remind me and it fucking won't. Yeah. Piece of shit. Here's the thing. I probably wouldn't have had any interest in trying this game at any other point in my life. But having just spent a little over a year basically trying to find ways to spend time until life moves on, I mean, I can empathise with the situation of my protagonist. Yeah, sitting around, yeah. And it doesn't embitter you to think that if only you'd had this a year ago, 
Like, if only you'd known this had come out right at the start of yeah. shit getting real. Yeah, 100%. When this game came out in March of last year would have been the perfect time to play it. I will acknowledge that. Instead, we've got some Washington Post hack <laughs> sucking up all of the quality quarantine time while, while us working people. Actually, I think the longing might be proof of the globalist conspiracy. <laughs> Uh, this was timed to release, you know, right in time oh, with the release of the pandemic. And we're all longing to go pub, have a drink. You know, uh, they just, they, they, this is one of the errors in the globalist plan. They failed to effectively market this particular item. This game came out literally within like a week away from when the first lockdown in the <laughs> UK happened. Fuck it. This, this podcast is now a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> All right, radio signals, uh, 5G, vaccines, all of that. We now believe it all. Oh, I got my microchip this past weekend. We didn't land on the moon. Joe Dante faked it. <laughs> Having played a little bit of this game, I will say, it seems to be capturing the feeling of being stuck waiting yeah. in an interesting way, and I'm curious where it's going. That's interesting. Uh, Should we talk about some, some news? Yeah, yeah. Laura. Yeah. Do you. Me. Think. Yeah. We actually landed on the moon. I mean, I used to believe that, but mm. now that the longing is part of the conspiracy <laughs> of the global pandemic, I'm not so sure about anything anymore. What I love is you went along with me on my little fancy, but still kept games in. Yeah. That's what I admire about you, Laura. <laughs> oh, God. I've got a dash. That's okay. Sorry. I've got a practice for my match. No worries. Go have a yeah. practice. Me and Conrad will... Talk about how video games are being used to emotionally manipulate children. That'll be fun. Yay! Yeah, yeah. That's good because I'm going to dedicate some Jimquisition time to that bastard. So, yeah. 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 I, I need to hop out. So it's fortuitous. Uh, I shall see you later. You know, the, the, oh, there's that side with a flip on it. I'll see you on that one. Uh, hey, oh. Bye. So, comrade. Yeah. Should we talk about this fucking Mario Lego story? Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, so toward the end of last week, uh, a software update was pushed out to the uh, the Lego Mario figures. You're aware of these? The little Mario figures made of plastic that have the little... They've got, like, LCD eyes and they can talk to you and they can interact with your Lego bricks and whatnot. Okay. So they, the Mario figure of that got a software update late last week. And certain users, uh, seemingly mostly in North America, and I'll tell you why in a bit why that's important, started to get... A strange thing. So if you lie Mario down, he'll go to sleep, and then when you pick him back up, he'll wake up and he'll, you know, say a message or something. He started looking around and sort of confused and scared, asking for Luigi. Uh, there were videos of this on online where it's just Mario going, Luigi? Luigi? Luigi. Mm. Just very sad and confused. Where is Luigi? Where is he? Initially, suspicion had been, you know, the first video that was circulating on this was on a wooden table, and this figurine does have some essentially barcode scanning-y uh, functionality, and people were like, is it reading your the lines on your table and kicking off a message before it's meant to? Mm -hmm. People were able to uh, replicate this on plain white card. It seemed to be happening at random for people in North America. There had been rumours for a while that a Luigi figurine for this set was coming, but 
one had not been officially announced, and about four days after this message started popping up on people's little Mario toys, Nintendo announces officially that a Luigi figurine is coming. (sighs) Does not feel like a coincidence the way those two things lined up. A children's toy started getting sad and calling out for its friend, just in time for Nintendo to go, hey, we'll sell you that, friend. And, you know, like, okay, it, it is incredibly fucking insidious that it's happening with a child's toy. Mm. That sort of thing shouldn't be allowed. But we should also, you know, just sort of look at this generally as our future. Mm. As more and more of the things that we own get connected and become vessels yeah. to deliver marketing messages to us. So I want to talk about the fact this isn't the first time Nintendo has done emotionally manipulative marketing to buy add-ons for things. Mm -hmm. And this is why I mentioned earlier that all of the videos I could find of this happening were from people in North America. I cannot guarantee that there were no cases outside of North America. I could only find North American videos. I have a suspicion. So if we go back in time to the 3DS when Street Pass was a thing, Mm -hmm. you passed other people in the world, you've got figurines that helped you play a little RPG. DLC got released for Street Pass. And the way this worked differed between North America and Europe due to some regulations about emotionally manipulative marketing to children. In Europe, this little bunny character comes up to you and goes, hey, would you like to buy some DLC? And if you say no, they go, oh, that's okay. And they, they leave and... That's that. In North America, if you said no to buying the DLC, this little cartoon bunny would get very, very sad and, oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I... Basically, you would upset the cartoon bunny if you didn't pay money for DLC. Right, yeah. Yeah, and again, this happened in North America, but not in Europe, because Europe has specific uh, regulations that say you cannot do this. This is why the fact I can only find North American video of the Mario toy calling for Luigi, Mm. leads me to have a gut suspicion that this was a deliberate thing used to emotionally manipulate children into purchases that Nintendo knows is manipulative because they didn't put it in Europe where they'd get in trouble for that. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That It's hard to see it any other way. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It's very... It's very difficult to imagine a scenario other than that there's really no like they clearly think even if they they're like oh well that wasn't the goal but people will see it that way so well if that were the case then you shouldn't do it at all if you weren't trying to achieve that but they were trying to achieve that and that's where they released this version where they knew they could get away with it yeah yeah this is real shitty and this is going to happen more and more often mm-hmm. because the more things are connected to the internet, uh, the more things can be updated to advertise new things. And if where you live doesn't ban emotionally manipulative advertising, then there's no reason they wouldn't do it. Nope. Got to make all the money. Got to make all the money. All the some money. Some of the money's not enough. Nope. Can't have just some of it. Got to have it all. Oh, uh, so we had another Nintendo story. Nintendo is suing Bowser. Oh, yeah. 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 So so we're not we're not talking about the big lizard man, Bowser. And we're not talking about the North America CEO, Doug Bowser. 
We're talking about a different Bowser. Okay. Didn't realize there were this many Bowsers fucking floating around. There's a lot of Bowsers. There's a lot of there's a lot of Bowsers. Today we're talking about Gary Bowser, who uh, is reportedly a 51 year old Canadian who was heavily responsible for helping people hack the Nintendo Switch in order to put pirated software on there, basically. So the 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 lawsuit, not surprisingly, it's nothing too surprising in it. It's mainly. Nintendo doesn't like hackers and and modding of consoles and they found someone that did it and, you know, they're going to be mad about that. I mean, it's mainly just a story because Nintendo sues Bowser's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think they should just keep in mind that when that long ago, Nintendo claimed ownership of Bowser's dick. Yeah, yeah. And now this. So, I, you know, I'd be, I'd be careful, Gary. This is... Anti-Bowser discrimination. This is, you won't let us see Bowser's dick, you're gonna sue Bowser. Let Bowser be Bowser. Well, this is the year of the Bowser, clearly. This is the year of of Bowser crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh dear. In other stories, uh, you know how we talked about last week how Sony was uh, gonna be closing down the PS3, Vita, and PSP stores that you couldn't get digital games anymore? Yeah. So... There's been sort of a U-turn on that story. Mostly, yeah, mostly. I mean, mostly for now. And PSP's still, you know, shutting everything yeah. down. But, yeah, yeah, I don't think there was as much outcry about that. Yeah. PS3 and Vita stores are not closing down at this time. The fact that they're still closing the PSP store suggests that the PS3 and Vita stores will still close. Oh, their days are numbered. It's just the number's bigger than we thought. The number's bigger than it previously was. So this doesn't do away with any of the conversations we were having about preservation of games and the fact that you should really download anything that you want to be downloading from those generations now while you can, and the fact that inevitably piracy is going to be the only way to get a hold of these games at some point in the future, and we should be ready for that. Although, should keep in mind, as we previously mentioned in the episode, your uh, your battery, your CMOS battery in your PS3 yeah. is gonna die. Well, that being said, this did get addressed, and Sony have said, we've seen you talking about this as well, we will look into ways to keep your games playable on on the PS3. Yeah. So no actual like plan, but as I understand it, the CMOS battery basically is tied to some DRM stuff. Well, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, not not explicitly DRM on the PS4. It's trophy information that it connects up for. I can't remember what the reasoning is on PS3. It's not explicitly DRM, but that, of course, it functionally is Mm. um, because it requires you to communicate with the PSN server. Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, I read a description of it and my, my whole takeaway was DRM will fail as a result. Oh, on the PS3, it was used to enforce time limits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For time-limited software and stuff. Time-limited software, that's why it's it's there to enforce that. So, yes, it is DRM. I mean, I think at this point, hey, Sony, just turn that particular requirement off. If someone's got a piece of time-limited software, they can now play for as long as they want. I mean, it'd be cool if... I don't know, yeah, I don't know how much time-limited software is available on the PS3. Even if there is, I don't know how much of a problem it will be. I don't, I can't imagine it will be much of a problem if someone gets to play their 
that uh, that demo for a piece yeah, of yeah, you'd like to think that. Yeah. But there's a whole lot of there's a whole universe of legal obligation and rights and so forth that that opens up to now. Yeah, I would think delisting those things is a solution that could be applied. Yeah, there there, there are ways around it. Yeah, it's not as simply straightforward as flipping a switch. Um, and so yeah. I, that is something that has to be taken into consideration when determining what level of righteous fury you should feel about this. But uh, at the same time, I think that is I think that ultimately would be the right move to address that problem is to just shut that off. It's, they're still able to firmware update PS3s. Uh, they want to you know, if you want to stop people from jailbreaking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Fix your your flawed design. Yeah. Or your your future proof your design, I guess. Yeah. On top of that, this has spurned a lot of people to um start making detailed tutorials on how to replace the watch battery that powers that particular bit of your PS3, which has never been a concern so much before. So yeah, hopefully this at least means that people will have better resources available to them should they want to do a self repair on their hardware. And, and the batteries last a long time like a decade or more yeah so you you will exactly you know, if you do have concern about them actually addressing this issue um you could pretty easily replace that battery yourself now sync it up with the servers and not have to worry about it yeah so there was a story that went around this week that happened and then got debunked and I kind of want to talk about it because it leads into some, uh, there's still some interesting stuff to talk about in the story. So mm -hmm. the short version is that on the, the Reddit uh, legal advice subreddit, there was a post that basically stated, hey, I'm a disabled gamer um, in a workplace accident i lost use of one of my hands completely and several fingers on another hand i got banned from playing a game called path of exile which for anyone who doesn't know about it it's a action rpg with mmo cooldowns person claims they were they were banned from playing the game because of using macros which is basically where you map one input to a different output or series of outputs. A lot of disabled users will use them to be like, I can't cycle between these four keys in quick succession that I need to do, but if I press this key, it'll press those four for me. And I use them for all sorts of ridiculous editing tasks that require a bunch of oh. keystrokes that I don't want to be bothered with. Exactly, they're wonderful for a lot of purposes outside of gaming as well, but they fall into a weird grey area where most game developers don't have stances on whether they're okay or not, because the generally accepted idea is you shouldn't be using them in competitive play right. because they might allow you to do inputs faster than your opponent naturally can. Right. But that they are also a useful accessibility tool and probably shouldn't be stamped out, like, in all circumstances. That's the unwritten rule most people seem to follow. So a lot of people understandably got a bit, like, you know, this was a... This was a disappointing story to read, and people were messaging the Path of Exiles developers going, like, hey, can you look into this, can you reverse this ban, can you do something about this? And the developers, to their part, were like, we can't find a ban matching that description. And the rules we have shouldn't have banned someone for using macros, we don't know what to tell you. In a briefly listed post from the same user that was later deleted, the user basically says, lol, I made it up. 
I'm a teacher and I wanted to teach my students that it's easy to spread deliberate misinformation online. That's the summary of the post. It got taken down very quickly afterwards. Who knows if that is the truth, but it seems very clear that this was a fabricated story, which is a real shame. So, well, you know, here's well, here's my, my sort of view on this kind of thing is I hope for their sake, none of their students ever come out and say it was this professor who performed such a, or this teacher, this educator, who performed this incredibly irresponsible act. Yeah. Because it yeah. would be a real unfortunate shame if that kind of information were to yeah. spread throughout the world and put them in a position where nobody on earth ever let them teach anybody again. <sighs> yeah. So... The, in that post where the person claimed, hey, I'm a teacher and this is why I did it, they made a lot of excuses about, well, I picked, uh, you know, this video game, you know, rather than politics because it was going to be less damaging, you know, the, the misinformation that would spread. The downplaying of the, the harm that this did is the thing I think annoyed me most about this story because it's so hard like, this story would have you believe that any time anyone makes even a minor complaint about video game accessibility, people share it and raise the story up and try and fix the situation without so much as the tiniest bit of fact-checking. That's what this man wants to imply, and that is so far from the case. So many people with accessibility difficulties in gaming spend months and months and years begging for basic accessibility fixes that never come, that get constantly ignored, that no one shares. This man has not helped in that regard. He has sown the, the doubt that will make the next story like this less likely to get the traction it needs to be fixed. But they apologised if it caused stress for anyone. Oh, they, they apologised if it caused stress for anyone in the post that they deleted within a minute of posting. They didn't leave the apology up. The post was gone within like a minute. And f fuck you. <laughs> also. Yeah, fuck, fuck them. Also, I'm not going to go into too much depth on this because I've got an episode of accessibility going up on Friday about it, but the short version I will say is game developers... If there's one thing we can take away from this, please start having public statements about whether or not you do support macros for disabled users, and if so, under what circumstances. Because, like, you're not going to stop shitty people like this existing, but at the very least, this does highlight that this developer could maybe have avoided this situation had they had a statement that publicly said it is okay for disabled people to use macros. If you believe you've been banned in error for using macros, here is how to contact us and get that reversed. That is a kind of statement that I would like to see most game developers make because macros are in this weird grey area that we just don't talk about whether they're okay or not. But fuck this person. Yeah, whoever they are, whatever they do, I don't... I don't fucking do this yeah hey you don't need to prove that disinformation spreads online the last year of living in a pandemic has shown that disinformation spreads online incredibly easily yeah you don't need to add more disinformation to prove that uh there was a lot of evidence yeah the anti-vax movement exists there's your proof you can show your students QAnon exists yeah there are so many existing examples of currently operating ones that you could view in real time if you wanted exactly that you could use as really fascinating case studies you don't have to lie about disability accessibility to prove a point 
at the expense of disabled people getting help in the future. <sighs> yeah. So there's, there's, there's some less infuriating stories we can finish up on. Sure. Comrade, do you want to tell us about this Witcher 3 mod? Um, no, I don't. No? Uh, yeah, so there's a new Witcher 3 mod coming out, I guess. It's called A Night to Remember. It's a, a new mm. new story in the world of Witcher 3. And it has new lines of dialogue for... Is it Geralt? Uh, Geralt, yeah. Geralt, okay. Yeah, I've not played The Witcher, I, I honestly... What I find interesting about this is that they did not hire the voice actor to read anything. This was done with the aid of a program called cyber voice yeah this is an ai system that has allowed them to generate new dialogue by cutting bits and pieces of existing recorded speech and that's yeah interesting now it's not the first time uh this sort of thing's been used yeah uh there's a skyrim fan project called worm's tooth that did a uh Google text to speech to simulate actors. Mm. But it's that sort of idea now that uh, it's a deep fake kind of situation where we will be able to, to mix and match voices and recreate this stuff. And I don't necessarily have concerns so much about it in the hands of some modders who are making a small project that they're giving away for free. Yeah. Where I get concerned is when... A larger company comes along, yeah. decides uh, on one hand, they might just need a few lines re-recorded, but, you know, it's too much of a hassle to get the person back in to do them. That's one possibility. But another possibility is simply using a vast library of recorded dialogue that they have from other projects yeah. eternally and not hiring voice actors. After a point. That's the thing. It's not a problem necessarily for a fan project to do something like this, but when CD Projekt Red turns around and hypothetically doesn't hire Doug Cockle back to be Geralt in a future game and still gets new lines of dialogue, that becomes a problem. It won't happen to Doug Cockle. That's the thing. No. It will not happen to Doug yes. Cockle. It will not happen to your... I, who, who, the 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 guy the two three guys Troy Baker and whoever Nolan North yeah North no never yeah. happened to them it'll never happen to them what'll happen to is all of the smaller people the people who are yeah. desperate for work who will wind up you know they're they're not known well enough to draw the kind of attention to this issue and they're going to be the ones that get screwed because it's always the smaller people who get screwed and you know. Good thing there's a union that will help yeah. to fight this sort of practice, but it's it's looming, and uh, it'll be it's going to be something to watch going forward. And it's getting to be pretty good and convincing, as evidenced by the trailer here. Yeah, I watched the trailer. It does a good enough job that I was pretty impressed by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Then we got a couple of other quick stories to do. Mm. So there was a brief uh, listing on PSN, which has been taken back down, but seems seems legit. It's just gone up a little early. Uh, something called PlayStation Plus Video Pass, mm. which from best we can tell 
is that with your PlayStation Plus subscription, your online multiplayer subscription, there is going to be some kind of video component you get access to as part of your subscription, which, I mean, on paper sounds like, what if instead of Game Pass we gave you... I'm guessing access to, like, Netflix or something with your PS Plus subscription. Or some Sony movie, like, here's Sony films, you can watch them as part of PS Plus. Cool. Yeah. I'm curious to see what form it takes. Uh, Apparently it goes live tomorrow? So by the time you hear this podcast, you will probably know more than we do about this. The odd thing about it is that it's apparently only running for 12 months. Hmm. That to me suggests that it might they might be spending some money on a lost leading situation here where maybe for a year you get Netflix and Disney Plus or something with it that is the amount you're paying to PS Plus isn't covering what they're having to pay to those people for it, but they're only doing it for a year and they're trying to get people through the door on PS Plus or something. Well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm fine with getting a, a library of Sony content. I might not have gotten around to seeing it to to watch. Yeah. Sure. Even if it's only for a year, sure, I'll take more stuff thrown into my subscription I guess I'm already paying for. Right. Yeah. And then one last Sony story. Sony has filed a patent, which, again, don't get your hopes up that this will ever be a thing, because Sony files a lot of patents, everyone does. Uh, but the patent is for an AI that will learn to play your games for you the way that you would have played them. So the examples given are you could leave the, the let the game AI grind for you in an RPG, for example. Hmm. Or... A different example that's more fascinating, if you had to get up and go make yourself a drink or, you know, pop to the bathroom, but you're playing an online co-op game with someone, (laughs) the idea that you could let the AI take over and they would play like you until you could get back and jump back in so that your co-op buddy isn't stuck waiting around for you. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Well, and then I have to wonder about the expansion of the technology over time to go beyond simply studying a player's behavior in one game. Yeah. You know, but then comparing data across different games and then what kind of structure do they determine? Okay, this is this form of game that we're going to apply this kind of uh, approach towards. And like the complexity of it gets really vast and interesting the more you sort of think about how these elements could grow out in a learning model. Yeah, and they, they they address in the patent some questions that would obviously have to be addressed, such as, do you mark on a player's uh, completion of, say, a level that they used the AI to play part of it for them? Do you allow this to be used in uh, multiplayer settings? And if so, how do you limit that? Um... There are interesting questions around this, but yeah, I, it's a fascinating concept. Yeah. Who knows if we'll ever see it, yeah, but yeah. yeah. And if we do, how accurately it will mimic your style of play. Because here's the thing, it's one thing to trust the game to play like you. It's another thing when it's like, I okay, I trusted the game to, you know, to level grind for me the way I would. And you leave for five minutes and you come back and it's like, oh... It's used up all of my items. I I guess I used a couple of items before I set the IAI going, but I didn't think it would latch onto that, and now I have no Phoenix Downs. You know, I'm curious how much trust people will have in the ability for the AI to not do something that they desperately want it not to. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 
So I think that's the news for this week. Does she have anything else you want to chat about before we finish up? No, no, I think I think Laura, you should tell the people where they can find all of the wealth of things that you're working on. The wealth of things that I'm working on, where you can find them at Laura K Buzz in most places on the internet, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Uh, Monday nights are usually a couple of little indie games. I'll do a little bit of an indie try some things night. Uh, Wednesdays, no, no idea what Wednesdays will be, but Fridays, currently fixation Fridays. We're doing train simulator. I I bought a train controller that's gonna go on my desk. I can use to I can use to control the train with all dials and buttons. It's gonna be great. Other than that, I would love if people went and checked out Kissing in the Weird Future which is a tabletop role-playing game I helped create. I co-authored a tabletop game. If you go check out the Don't Hurt Birds Twitter account and Patreon, they have a podcast called More Like Guidelines, where over the course of an hour, the hosts and a guest will try and workshop the basic idea of a tabletop game and then sort of fix it up in post later and make it a workable thing. Uh, You can go listen to an hour of us making this game and then go find the rules so you can go play it. It is a game about travelling through time, trying to fix timelines by making weird amalgamation aliens smooch each other. It's very gay. It's just gay time travel smooch adventures which I feel like many of you would enjoy, so go check out Kissing in the Weird Future. Other than that, there's books. Uncomfortable Labels, that's out now. Things I Learned from Marius Butt, that's out now. Gender Euphoria, that comes out on June 10th, 2021. Then there's podcasts Pixel Squirt, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, and Dice Funk. Conrad, you were on that one. I was on that one. You can also find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. You could hang out with me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman. I stream on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays with a variety of stuff at a variety of hours. So just go hit the follow button. It's way easier. You could also buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com, or you could buy some audiobooks from me at conradreads.com. Uh, all my stuff is, uh, of course, supported on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash fistshark. Oh, and uh, make sure to go listen to Let's Talk About Snacks. Got uh, new episodes every Monday. It is a delightful, fun time with my friends Lauren Morgan and Linda Camiolo talking about things that we eat. It's pretty good. Also, uh, speaking of a Patreon earlier, uh, James Stephanie Sterling has a Patreon, patreon.com slash jimquisition. They also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Jim Sterling. They're trying to do, I think, Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I can't remember what day of the week this they're trying to do. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday evenings, I believe they do, yeah. Tuesday, usually something, yeah. But also, don't forget, April 24th, that's this coming Saturday, Polyam Cult Party 3. Go see the lovely Sterling in action at twitch.tv slash goprofessionalwrestling. The show starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. There will also be a pre-show either at 1.30 or 2 o'clock on Jim's channel. That's twitch.tv slash Jim Sterling. Please show up. Love to see you there. It's going to be a really, really good show. I've heard about a lot of the plans, and it's going to be fun, so don't miss it. And I think that's it. Yeah? I think that's it. Bye. Bye.